Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. How will the Lakers survive without King James? What would it take to get the number one pick from the Bears? And a baseball game cannot end on a pitch clock violation, right? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Just when it looked like the LA Lakers were starting to find a groove with all of the pieces that they've accumulated over the last few weeks, reports on Monday night, LeBron James could miss several weeks with a foot injury suffered uh, seemingly on Sunday against the Dallas Mavericks in what was at the time a really encouraging win. Joining me now from Locked On Lakers, Andy Kamenetsky and, and Andy, the question of how much does this hurt the Lakers is obvious. A lot. So how will they have to change to stay in the playoff race while we figure out what's going on with LeBron James? Well, I mean, <clears throat> first things first, Anthony Davis is going to have to be an absolute monster between now and whenever not just LeBron hopefully returns before season's end and fingers crossed the Lakers are still in the play-in slash playoff hunt or solidified something. But until LeBron gets his timing back, gets his stamina back, can play regular minutes without any type of limits or worry, like at this point, this has to be Anthony Davis's team, period, full stop. Like they will at this point, the Lakers go as far as Anthony Davis carries them. They are in a much better place to try to do this than they were before the trade deadline. And assuming D'Angelo Russell comes back from an ankle injury of his own relatively soon, this is a far better team to try to battle uphill without LeBron than they were a few weeks ago. But it really begins and ends with Anthony Davis. Uh, why is it in a better position? We talked about the bench and some of the guys like Jared Vanderbilt that they, they better start building the statue outside of the crypt right, right now for that. But 17 rebounds is nice. You can't win games on rebounds alone. So what can those other guys do to, to pick up the scoring burden, the playmaking burden that, that is not going to be there without LeBron? Well, re real quick, not to totally contradict your premise, but on today's episode of Locked on Lakers, I actually took a deep dive into the five games post-trade deadline and the stats that are significantly different for the Lakers during this period. And what jumped out the most, my friend, is the rebounds. Mm. So perhaps they can rebound their way to a LeBronless paradise over these la next Well, if they're going to miss a lot of shots, they better rebound. Yeah, it's going to be helpful to have some guys who can grab some misses. But all kidding aside, you, you mentioned the different elements of you know th this new roster construction, and there's a balance that's there right now. With Russell and Leek Beasley, you have not just outside shooters that are credible, they're volume outside shooters. And they're, they are guys that will always occupy defenses because they're both too good and too prolific to leave by themselves. You know, Jared Vanderbilt, beyond the rebounding, he's probably the most versatile defender on this team, not named Anthony or Davis. 
And they're going to be able to put him on a variety of different prime options for the teams they'll be facing. We, we saw he played extremely well defending Luka Doncic. You know, it, it, he really, as the game went along against Dallas, that frankly historic win, uh, that historic comeback, he really made Luka uncomfortable increasingly as the game went along. The game before that, Vanderbilt and Troy Brown Jr., who's going to be called upon for a lot of defense as well, they did a really nice job slowing Brandon Ingram, making him work for what ended up a pretty decent night, but nothing came easy. You know, they're going to have to be on their best really defensively because they're going to have to make sure that they make things as difficult for their opponents as possible. They are going to have to limit turnovers because they're still not a great team defensively in transition. And guys like Russell, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, they're going to have to step up as playmakers. Stay up to date all year on the Los Angeles Lakers by following Locked On Sports today and Locked On Lakers on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, just how expensive would it be to trade for the number one pick? Before we get a Bears perspective on that, Carson Wentz is on the move again. The midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe and secure and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to threes drained if you want. You can also check out tonight's Lakers and Grizzlies matchup. FanDuel expects John Moran and company to take advantage of the Lakers as Memphis is favored by eight and a half. You can also combine multiple prop bets in one game into a same game parlay for an even larger payout. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Washington Commanders have released Carson Wentz. Let the record show, no one is surprised. The move saves Washington a little over $26 million on the salary cap this offseason. Wentz had two years remaining on his contract, but no guaranteed money. Wentz can now sign with any team before the start of free agency. It's possible that the Carolina Panthers would serve as a landing spot for Wentz, but probably in a backup role. Frank Reich was Wentz's head coach in Indianapolis and offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. He is now Carolina's head coach and could come calling. Top quarterback draft hopeful C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson will all throw at the NFL Scouting Combine on Saturday, according to a report from ESPN. However, Bryce Young will await Alabama's Pro Day on March 23rd. Although he won't throw, Young will go through medicals and measurements. Richardson also will undergo testing and measurements and participate in drills, but it's unclear whether Stroud and Levis will also do so. All four quarterbacks could be picked in the top 10, and everyone is paying close attention to Bryce Young and how he measures in. How tall is he? How much does he weigh? Yes, these things will matter to NFL teams. The Lakers won't be the only team missing their leader. The Charlotte Hornets saw LaMelo Ball suffer a fractured right ankle in Monday night's win over the Detroit Pistons. Ball appeared to turn the ankle early in the third quarter while dribbling the ball behind his back. He immediately went down in pain and was subbed out of the game. 
Paulo sprained his other ankle three times this season, limiting him to just 36 games. The third-year guard is averaging 23.4 points and 8.5 assists this season after making the All-Star game last year. On the hardwood, the New York Knicks were home dogs to the Boston Celtics. And insert Michael Jordan meme here. They took that personal. It's been pretty well known for a while now that the Knicks are good. But are the Knicks actually great? Alex Wolf from Locked On Knicks here. And the Knicks take sole possession of the fifth seed after today's game. Beat the Celtics, previously the number one seed, 109-94. to in this game tonight and Julius Randle with another trademark performance 23.7 boards four assists Mitchell Robinson making a huge impact again in his second game back from injury with 10 points 13 boards two steals two blocks including maybe the Knicks block of the year on Jason Tatum attempting a dunk which just seemed to really throw Tatum off for the whole night Emmanuel quickly crushed it off the bench with 23 points looking absolutely automatic and Josh Hart continues to play fantastic as well seriously great night for the knicks and things are looking really good going forward for this team we'll have more on locked on knicks and the orlando magic locked down the new orleans pelicans en route to a road win this is philip rossman the host of locked on magic and we've been waiting for a star turn from palo banker we've been waiting for the Paolo Bancaro, that's the clear-cut rookie of the year to show up once again. And in a 101-93 victory over the New Orleans Pelicans, Paolo Bancaro looked every bit the star that everyone thinks he can be. Tied at 91, Bancaro hit two shots in a row to give the Magic the lead to make it 93-91, and then 95-93, hitting another tough jumper to make it 97-93. This is what star players do. And it's been a rough month, maybe month and a half for Bancaro. As the league has really caught up to him, he's hit the rookie wall a little bit. He needed a performance like this. 20 of his 29 points in the second half. Eight points in the fourth quarter, all in the final three and a half minutes. Six of those points in the final 100 seconds. This was a strong performance from a rookie who put the foot down and gave the Magic such a critical bounce back win after a rough loss on Saturday. A big win for Orlando and a big performance from the likely rookie of the year. Here is another story you need to know. The first few weeks of the offseason were spent breathlessly debating what the Chicago Bears should do with the number one overall pick. Should they trade it for a King's Ransom? Should they trade Justin Fields for a King's Ransom? Or... A princess ransom? I don't know how all of this value works here. Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears joins me now. And, and Lauren, the latest reporting as we head into Combine Week is that Chicago would like to trade the number one pick, which to me means please send us an offer. We are open for business. How did you view this latest report from Adam Schefter? Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's not just send us an offer, but it's send us a better offer than you've already been sending right. us. I think these conversations start at the Senior Bowl in person at the very least, if not prior to that on phone calls. And the Bears, I think, put this out at a very specific time. They just arrived in Indianapolis for this NFL scouting combine. That's really when this kind of conversation picks up. You know, you look back to previous drafts when the Jets moved up to for Sam Darnold to number three. That was done March 17th. When the 49ers moved up to number three for Trey Lance a couple of years ago, that was March 26th. So like these deals get done ahead of the draft and the Bears are trying to throw some fuel on this fire. How do you think what happens this week at the Combine affects what that pick is going to be worth? Like Bryce Young, if he comes in at 5'9", 185, that's going to matter more than if, if he comes in at six foot 
200, which he's not going to, by the way, do that. But like, how do you, how do you see what happens on the field with these quarterbacks? Anthony Richardson could put up Cam Newton type testing numbers. How do you think that plays into what this value is going to be for them? Yeah, it, all eyes are going to be on the quarterbacks in Indianapolis, and that's what the Bears are trying to drum up. Absolutely, it's. I, I think Bryce Young is is smart to come here, maybe not throw here, but try and get his weight and presumably his height, but the one he could control his weight as high as possible. <laughs> then go to his pro day and probably cut a lot of that weight, not weigh in at his pro day, but throw at his pro day in that optimal condition to try and get his stock as high as possible. But Anthony Richardson can come here and try and be the star. I mean, I think Will Levis is going to throw too, and maybe he can show off some of that arm strength. And if if the two of them can really go out there and put on a show, I mean, that's going to get teams really fired up and juiced up about getting their guy. Because for the Bears, it doesn't really matter which quarterback becomes the consensus top guy among the group, as long as one of them does, or as long as multiple teams are interested in even multiple quarterbacks, uh, they just need to drum up as much of the hype as possible for the, the non-position players. Yeah, uh, Chicago sending Lou Malnati's pizza to, to Bryce Young's agent to try and get that that weight up is, is uh, you know, not out of the question here. What are the teams that you think could be interested? Jim Irsay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, said the quiet part loud, like at a press conference, like, hey, Bryce Young seems pretty good. Um, <laughs> Carolina, some of these other teams have made it clear they would like to develop a young quarterback, not sign a veteran. So who makes the most sense, which I guess is really another way of saying who is going to be the most desperate here? Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to is who's willing to overpay for that pick to make sure that they get their guy. I think for Bears fans, the, the dream scenario is to first trade from one to two with the Houston Texans, mm. have them take whatever quarterback they want, and then be able to trade down from two to four, seven, nine, even 11, Tennessee. You know, one of these other teams that wants one of these other quarterbacks pretty desperately and be able to double down on the amount of draft capital that you're going to bring in. But yes, Indianapolis is kind of the I don't want to say the betting favorite because I, I don't know that there are exact odds on which team that'll be, but the one that's talked about the most as a likely candidate there. And Carolina probably comes in next, but nine to one is a pretty big jump and it would be a lot for the Panthers to have to give up that far. They, they seem like once you get out of the top five or seven, it seems like those teams would be more inclined to jump up to two or three or four to get a quarterback instead of having to give up, you know, three first round picks to get all the way to one. It's a steep price. How much do you think the shape of the rest of the draft plays into all of this? Like, is there a floor you think that makes sense for Chicago? We've been hearing four is the right because we expect Houston to take a quarterback. If you're going to take someone at one, that means at four, the Cardinals take, you know, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. You get the other guy, but the, the Bears might not view it that way. There, there are other people who, who may not view it that way. What do you think is a reasonable floor if they're looking to target one of those spots? Yeah, it feels to me like if you go any lower than four, you can't count on Anderson or Carter. And if you feel like those are the two blue chip premier guys in the draft, then I, I don't think you can go any farther down than that. But if you if you don't view them as like can't miss and feel like, you know, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech maybe is closer to Will Anderson. Some teams even I've heard have him above yep. Will Anderson in draft boards. And there's some other good pass rushers here. The Bears need Murphy, Lucas Van yeah. Ness is going to blow up the combine. Yep. The Bears need more than just one star pass rusher, right? They need a lot of things. Stay up to date all year on the Chicago Bears by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bears on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, a baseball game should not end because of the pitch clock, right? Major League Baseball has introduced a new pitch clock that in a very small sample size has significantly cut down the average time of the games. Over the weekend, though, one game ended because of a pitch clock violation. 
Locked on Braves host Jake Mastriani does not think that that should be able to happen in the regular season. Ultimately, I think it was the right call. Um, Cal Conley wasn't in the box, wasn't ready by eight seconds. He said he was waiting on the catcher. That's why we got to get this stuff out of the way now, because that's something nobody probably thought of beforehand is, does it matter when the catcher is ready? And it does. He has to be in by nine seconds, but Conley has to be in there. He has to be ready to go. But games cannot end like this in the regular season. It just absolutely can't. You got bases loaded, a 3-2 count, two outs, a tie game. You cannot, and it wouldn't have ended a game in the regular season anyway because it's a tie game, but that just cannot happen. You cannot make that call in that situation. And I said this you know, the last couple of weeks. It's going to be strict. It's going to be a tough change for players, for fans, for coaches in the beginning of spring training because they want to get this into the players' heads that we're for real. We're going to call this. Players will adjust. Players will have to adjust. And when they do, hopefully we don't see anything else like this ever happen again because that just you got to have some feel for the game there as the umpire, and I feel like they will. I honestly hope the pitch clock goes away in the postseason. I haven't said that, so I don't think it will. But I don't want to see any pitch clock violations in a postseason game. Regular season, fine, whatever. But this just can't happen in a game that counts. You can't make that call in that type of moment. Here's the thing. The clock is the clock. And the rule is the rule at all points in the game. This is not like the pass interference call at the end of the Super Bowl where you go, the Super Bowl can't end on a ticky-tack holding call, which, by the way, it was the right call. That's holding. But go back to last year's NFL playoffs. The Cowboys, with the game on the line and the clock running down, could not get a final playoff in a no-huddle situation. They were trying to go win the game. You're not going to say, well, you have to give them an extra half second to go try and do that. No. No, you don't. Just because it was the game-deciding play doesn't mean the rules don't apply. On, on strike three, you don't call or not call a batter out looking because it's the game. No, if it's a strike, it's a strike. And so you either get ready to pitch in time or you get ready to hit in time. Those are now the rules. And they are the rules that should apply during the whole game, even if it means you lose because you couldn't follow them. That's why they're there. And finally, Jimmy and D. Haslam own the Cleveland Browns. They are expanding their sports portfolio. Not in Cleveland. The Haslams have reportedly purchased 25% of the ownership stake of the Milwaukee Bucks with a valuation at three and a half billion with a B, or just under the four billion that the Phoenix Suns were valued at their sale. Maybe the Haslams are trying to plan ahead. I guess it's nice to have a couple hundred million lying around. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what can we expect from the upcoming NFL Draft Combine? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.